0: Alright, here we go. Welcome everyone to the first episode of Picture Blurfect. My name is Naomi Harlenbachis-Bulkerson. That is my maiden name and my married name, not hyphenated, but said together because I am proud of my professional background and we can get into that a little bit more later. This podcast is about all sorts of things, uh, but there is a common theme throughout each item that we'll hash out here week after week, and and that's going to be negative body image. We'll talk about eating disorder recovery, depression and anxiety, low self-esteem, body insecurity, things that so many of us struggle, but deep down, we're just afraid to talk about, or we're ashamed about it and about that aspect of ourselves, and we would rather just bury it amid the other stuff we've got going on, and we don't want to confront it, and what I really like this conversation to focus on is not only learning how to live a life free from these crippling thoughts. But how do we go about our days, our jobs, our relationships, our goals, when our culture is just so freaking toxic? We're surrounded by triggers, right? Social media alone is just a constant onslaught of stick-thin fashion models, reality TV stars trying to make a buck on the latest diet craze. Which, side note, I've, I've noticed that it appears that the latest craze is apparently liquid chlorophyll, You know, the stuff that's in plants, you just drip it into your water and it's supposed to to magically detox your body, clear your acne, prevent cancer. Yeah, hard pass. There's literally no science confirming these claims. So please just uh, drink your water, eat your vegetables. It's going to be just as good. Anyways, triggers, I was talking about triggers, right? Social media is often the worst offender because it can happen anytime and, and literally anywhere. Movies and TV and, and even our our own relationships. You may have a friend that needs to lose weight and is talking on and on about their weight loss journey and then you're left sitting there thinking, wait. Maybe I need to lose some of these love handles or my thighs could be smaller. I should do that too. And your mind just kind of spirals out of control and you can't stop. The next thing you know, you're engaging in these harmful behaviors that perpetuate those negative thoughts. And then it's just this vicious cycle. I'm not good enough. If only I lost three more pounds, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be beautiful. If I do this, this, and this. So often our entire self-worth is tied to these extrinsic factors, like these unattainable standards that you see on TV or social media. and that's it's just so disheartening and it can just be an awful rut to get to try and get out of. I know how deeply agonizing, terrifying, and really crippling these thoughts are, and this vicious cycle can just be because I myself struggle. I literally day in and day out. I'm the host of this podcast, so I should be real with you 100% of the time, and I plan to stand by that. I had anorexia for the better part of my existence, actually. I'm 30. Uh, I'm, I'm healthy now, and, and I'd, I'd say I struggled with anorexia for close to 15, 16 years of my life, so half of my life. And I'd say I've, I've been at a healthy weight for about two years, so you can see just how long this, this journey has been and, and continues to be. So for those that don't know, anorexia nervosa has the highest mortality rate of all psychiatric disorders. Think about that for a minute. It's estimated that only 1 in 10 individuals with eating disorders receive treatment. And so without going too much into detail, because that's what the entire podcast is going to be, anorexia is characterized by very, very restrictive eating, sometimes in conjunction with obsessive exercising and an overall immense fear of gaining weight and eating disorders are also often accompanied by other diseases. The medical term for it is is called comorbidities, which I try to refrain from saying that for obvious reasons because don't want to really use the word morbid everywhere, but things like depression, anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, bipolar disorder, these are all very common to have when diagnosed with an eating disorder. I have all three of them, depression, anxiety and OCD. So Picture Blurfect, what is it? And shout out to my friend Amir from grad school for coming up with that title because it's absolutely perfect. I love this title because it captures everything that I think about when it comes to body image and trying to fit yourself, your recovery in a world that holds these unattainable standards of beauty. beauty. The stuff that literally blurs and obscures the way we see ourselves and what we think beautiful is. I want to knock down those barriers. I want to call them out. Rise above it. Challenge the so-called societal norms because that's what our society because what our society deems beautiful is actually just a photoshopped image with 10 million filters and probably another 2000 sponsorships to get more likes. So what you may see in the mirror and you think is unworthy or unbeautiful is just a lie that our society has tried to convince us of. The next time you compare yourself to someone, either scrolling through our Instagram or just walking around the neighborhood or restaurant, we need to stop and really reframe our mindset. That negative self-talk is not only flat out wrong, but it's damaging our inner souls and our peace. So we're going to get into how do we do that. We're going to hash all that out week after week. But there are two other areas I really want to touch on with you guys as we discuss learning how to love ourselves and become more confident, whatever your background may be. The first is science. I'm going to geek out for a second because this is my jam. I'm a scientist and I'm really proud of it. I received my PhD from the University of Louisville in anatomy and neurobiology. That's a fancy way of saying that professionally, I'm a neuroscientist. I have the bags under my eyes, the forehead wrinkles, and the coffee addiction to prove it too. so trust me. I'm proud to be a scientist, and, and what actually got me interested in neuroscientists was my disease, anorexia why is my brain wired in this way that I just can't stop thinking about my body or worrying about food or comparing myself with others? My doctoral work wasn't in the actual neural mechanisms underlying eating disorders. I actually studied vision and the role of a cell type called interneurons in visual processing. So if, if you want more information about inhibitory interneurons, please hit me up. But I have the training and knowledge to read the literature um, on eating disorders and, and really understand the work of scientists that do study eating disorders so we're going to get into that because it's actually really fascinating not a lot of people study anorexia or bulimia or orthexia, orthoexia i have a hard time saying that but what we do know is we can unpack it we can unpack it and try to break it down in a way for for you all to, to understand even if science isn't your thing, I think that's really important. I really love conveying science to others in a way that's understandable because science is the foundation for everything. And the brain is just obviously very fascinating. The second thing we'll accomplish together is exploring the policy surrounding eating disorders. Not politics. There's a big difference. Don't get it twisted. Policy refers to the rules and the regulations that our government may have that impact how does eating disorders are treated or researched. I told you all I'm a neuroscientist, and that is true. However, I am not directly in science anymore. Confession. I'm actually a science policy analyst. I use my background in science to, to advocate with members in Congress or at the National Institutes of Health so that scientists who are doing research have the necessary tools and the, and the appropriate support to really propel our nation forward and achieve bold goals like developing a cure for cancer or understanding how Alzheimer's work. And, and how we what we can do to go about and treat it. So when it comes to policy, eating disorders are woefully underfunded by the government. What does that mean? I know that's a lot to digest, but our Congress, our representatives in the House, and our senators, they decide every year how much money goes toward research. And the National Institutes of Health, or the NIH, which if you're familiar with Anthony Fauci, he's part of the NIH, so we'll get into that. The the NIH is the primary federal agency that conducts biomedical research, and it receives money from Congress and then funds different researchers across the U.S., and they study all kinds of diseases and conditions. But eating disorders, when you look at the entire breakdown of the budget, they receive very little of that funding. So I'll explain how the federal budget process works, which is technically called appropriation. So we'll get into the the lingo in the Washington, D.C. area. And, And then we'll understand why eating disorders have witnessed a fairly low level of federal support for all of these years. So that's all I've got for this episode. Not sure who will listen or or if this will even go anywhere, but those are the three major areas of this podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. I hope you'll keep listening and join me on this journey to challenge societal norms, embrace all of who you are, and live a life free from negative self-image. We'll talk soon. Take care of yourselves.